This is Binghamton Now on News Radio 1290, WNBF Binghamton and WNBF.com. Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WNBF. Here's Kathy White. At 9.04, still quite soupy as far as the moisture content of the air, the dew point right now at 69. Forecast for today, mostly cloudy. A 60% chance of showers and thunderstorms and a high today into the lower 80s. Following a developing story with a crash, a head-on crash on the Vestal Parkway overnight, Still few details being released, but an update at 8 o'clock from the Vestal Police announced that about 10.56 last night, the Vestal Police responded to a two-car head-on crash with entrapment on Route 434 in the area of 4600 Vestal Parkway East. That's roughly between Plaza Drive and Vestal Road. The responding officers found a male and a female had serious injuries. The investigation is continuing. They're asking any witnesses or anyone with information regarding the accident to contact Vestal Police. The number is 607-754-2111. Authorities told me this morning it was their understanding that it was a fatal crash. We're waiting for more details and confirmation on that. No word on how many people taken to the hospital. The Vestal Parkway was closed until almost 8 o'clock this morning before becoming fully reopened to traffic in that area. Two City of Cortland men are facing felony counts following an investigation into a complaint about a man stealing from tractor supply on Route 13, then taking off in a vehicle. Cortland County Sheriff's officials say they were called to the business in the town of Cortlandville on Sunday when tractor supply staff said they saw a man steal something, then drive off. Deputies stopped a vehicle matching the car's description and say 54-year-old Michael Rogers and 29-year-old Anthony Siegler, both of the city of Cortland, also matched the description of the suspects given by the store employees. Deputies say they found there was a substantial amount of heroin and methamphetamine packaged for sale in the Rogers and Siegler's vehicle. Rogers and Siegler are each charged with two felony counts of criminal possession of a controlled substance. The sheriff's office says Rogers was already free on his own recognizance from an arrest that had been made by the Cortland County Drug Task Force on May 25th. In that case, Rogers is charged with criminal possession of a controlled substance with intent to sell methamphetamine and heroin, multiple counts of possession of drug paraphernalia, and a lesser count of criminal possession of a controlled substance with intent to sell. For the August 7th arrest, Rogers was sent to the Cortland County Jail. Siegler was released on his own recognizance following the Sunday arrest and ordered to appear in Cortlandville Court later on this month. WMBF First News Time. It is 9.07. New legislation signed by New York Governor Kathy Hochul looks to provide more tax relief for especially older homeowners in the state. The package allows municipalities to increase the maximum increase allowed income allowed for the state's real property tax exemption to $50,000 for those age 65 and older, as well as residents with disabilities. The previous maximum income eligible was $29,000 per year for seniors and those with disabilities living outside of New York City. The second provision of the package allows an extension of local property tax exemptions offered by county and municipal governments for the first-time home buyers that are purchasing new construction homes. That exemption is being allowed through 2028. It had been set to expire at the end of this year. The final measure in the package makes it easier for homeowners age 60 and older to make repairs to their property, allowing them to stay in their home. 
The legislation gives a more flexible timeline for senior homeowners in need of emergency repairs by increasing the deadline for restore emergency repair projects to the 60 days and the cost allowed per project to $20,000. WMBF News Time 908. Some property owners in the Vestal School District are getting a refund check for a portion of their school taxes. According to a letter from the school district superintendent, Jeffrey Ahern, dated on August 2nd, someone notified the district that some basic star taxpayers overpaid their taxes for the 2021-22 school tax year. The note states that the mistake was a result of an error in the electronic file used by the agency that creates the district's school tax bills. It said, quote, apparently the electronic file used an incorrect lower star exemption than what it should have been. The district was moving to correct the problem, and the letter with the check apologized for any confusion that may have been caused. Representatives of State Controller Thomas DiNapoli were not immediately available to discuss the overpayments or whether the office was aware of any other New York school districts that had received overpayments over the past year. WMBF News Time 909. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast, mostly cloudy today, a 60% chance of showers and thunderstorms at a high in the lower 80s. Tonight, mostly cloudy with patchy fog toward morning, a low around 60. Of course, that means tomorrow starts off with patchy fog. Otherwise, mostly sunny, a high in the low 80s. Thursday, sunny, a slight chance of afternoon showers and thunderstorms high in the mid 80s. Friday sunny, a high in the mid to upper 70s, and Saturday sunny and a high near 80. Currently 75 in Binghamton. It's 11 past 9 where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com, and 92.1 FM. News Radio 1290, I'm Bob Joseph. It's Tuesday morning on News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. Well, we have lost another very, very talented person. Olivia Newton-John has died. She was 73. As the New York Times says, Olivia Newton-John, who sang some of the biggest hits of the 1970s and 80s, has died at age 73. She died Monday at a ranch in Southern California. The death was announced by her husband, John Easterling. Olivia Newton-John. Headline says, an honestly loved singer and Grease star dies at 73. And just sad. And as we often say, when we lose people of her stature, she will be missed. Very talented over the years. And you look back, WNBF, as you may in fact be aware has not always had a news talk format for a while, especially in the uh, 60s and 70s. Station's format was a full-service format, a middle-of-the-road format. Yes, there was some talk and there were interviews with people in our community, so we serve the community in some of the same ways we do now. 
But in addition to those interviews and, of course, WNBF News that still serves the community to this very day, uh, we also played music. And much of the music that was played uh, in the mid-70s and early 80s on WNBF included uh, hits by Olivia Newton-John. So brings back many, 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 many memories. Now, the elephant in the room, or the elephant, I'm not sure where he is. I don't believe he's at Mar-a-Lago. I believe he spends his summers in the Northeast because, let's face it, Florida is just too hot. Am I right, people? Florida is nice, I think, in January and February, and the rest of the year it's just too hot. So, former President Donald Trump, puts out a statement claiming that the FBI raided his home in South Florida. The claim is from former President Trump, they broke into my safe. According to news reports, the search appeared focused on files taken from the White House. So I'm under the impression that none of us would be aware of this purported FBI raid at Mar-a-Lago if President Trump had not told us himself so as he has said in the past it's always important to get in front of the story and that's what he seems to be doing um and we'll talk quite a bit about that today it's interesting that it happened exactly 48 years to the day probably almost 48 years to the moment of uh, the announcement of richard milhouse nixon that he was going to leave early because of his own personal scandal. The lead on page one of the Times is this. Former President Donald J. Trump said on Monday that the FBI had searched his Palm Beach, Florida home and had broken open a safe, an account signaling a major escalation in the various investigations into the final stages of his presidency. The search, according to multiple people familiar with the investigation, appeared to be focused on material that Mr. Trump had brought with him to Mar-a-Lago, his private club and residence, when he left the White House. Those boxes contained many pages of classified documents, according to a person familiar with their contents. And again, the former president was not in Florida at the time of this stunning development. I believe he was, may have been in Manhattan. I don't know if he was in Manhattan or in New Jersey, but anyway, he was nowhere near Florida. But he did. He did announce it, so what can we say? It's 917. We'll be talking more about that as our program progresses. We'll be uh, talking about all sorts of things today. 607-772-1290 is the WNBF studio line, so if you want to reach the studio, that would be the best way. You can also send email to bob at wnbf.com. We begin the morning in Kirkwood. Larry, good morning. Good morning, sir. Well, it was sad to hear about Olivia Newton-John last night. Uh, I thought she was beating this cancer, you know? It really surprised me when I heard she died. Well... It it had been reported that the cancer had returned, and 
I hadn't heard a whole lot of news lately, but I, I was unfortunately under the impression that um, she was not well. So I will say, although I was somewhat surprised that she had died, I won't say it was shock because I, yeah. I had heard that the cancer sadly had returned. Yeah, yeah. Did she have any other family besides her one sister who died before she did? Hmm. Good question. Um, of course, the announcement of her death was made by her husband. Uh, let right. me just check to see about other family members. Oh, oh, okay. Thank you. Yes. Uh, according to Kathy White, apparently just a daughter and a husband. So according to the Internet, uh, a daughter named Chloe Latanzi. Yeah. And she had been married for a time to a man named Matt Latanzi. So uh, Mr. Latanzi was the father of her one child, Chloe. And then, according to the internet, she married John Easterling in 2008. Yes. Let me just ch check her early life. So she was born in Cambridge, UK. Oh, okay. Um, born in Australia. Yeah, yeah. And uh, let's see what else. Uh, I love Wikipedia especially the parts of it that are true. It says, Olivia Newton-John was the youngest of three children following her brother Hugh. So her mm -hmm. brother Hugh died in 2019. Yeah. And it says he was a medical doctor and her sister Rona, who died in 2013. Yeah, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a tough deal. I had my oldest brother who had died from cancer in 96 and, uh, yeah, it's a tough deal dealing with the loss of a, a family member like that, you know. And I I pray for her daughter and her husband that they'll get through this time well, you know. So well, that's always tough. Um, yeah, no, I mean tough. cancer what can what can you say? So many of us have, yeah. have lost relatives and friends to cancer and it Church never like no man. Yeah. All right, Bob, bless you. Thanks, Larry. Hope you have a good day. Bye. It's 920 WNBF, your radio station. On a Tuesday morning, Sandy in Port Dickinson. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. Uh, let's get right to it. Um, first of all, uh, Donald Trump and Mar-a-Lago. Um, I think it's a stretch. The Democrats are trying their very best to stop him from running in 2024, and it's not going to work. He will run, and he will win. Well, he, he can't. The problem will be convicted felons cannot go back to live in the White House. So uh -huh. if he's been convicted of a felony, he will no. he will possibly be eligible for other public housing, but it won't be the White House. Uh, well, he hasn't been convicted of anything. And, and as far as I'm concerned, uh, this is just a uh, at quotations, air quotes, trumped up. Uh, thing that they have done. The FBI is overstretched. They've overstretched their authority, and the, uh, and uh, it needs to stop. And uh, I think in 
in a in tandem with this is the fact that the IRS uh, hiring eighty seven thousand more agents to come after low income uh, people for tax evasion or taxes. Uh, this is simply another um, thing the Biden administration is doing to turn this country into a a uh, just a, a country of, that we don't know anymore. No, it's to encourage people to respect the law. Because I always thought, and correct me if I'm wrong, I always thought you respected law enforcement. So if you respect law enforcement, you would call for hiring more people to enforce laws that are routinely being broken. Really? Well, then what about the laws of immigration, Bob? They are routinely broken every day. But I'm talking about the IRS right now. And they're coming after middle and low income and, and small business owners to recoup all the money that the Biden administration has frittered away on stupid programs that don't work or they're lining their own pockets with our tax money. And, and this needs to stop. We are not a banana republic, and that is exactly what he wants. That's what the Democrats want. They want control over your lives, period. And this is just one more step to do it, and uh, it, it needs to stop. So when Trump gets in office, he will clean out the IRS, the DOG, DOJ, and um, he will clean these, these agencies out because they, they need to be uh, cleaned out good and proper. Well, it sounds as though you want to defund the IRS. Oh, that would that would be. I think they need to reduce the agents, not increase them. You know? So you want you want more people to be able to get away with breaking federal tax law. People don't just because we don't have enough agents right now, uh, or we don't need all these agents. Does that mean that people aren't paying their taxes? Yes, they are. They're working. They're paying taxes. But they're not paying all the taxes they're responsible for. That's the only concern the Internal Revenue Service has. The IRS isn't going to bother me because I pay all the taxes that I'm required to pay. So they'll take one look at my tax forms and and run them through their big tax machine and say, wow, if anything, he's paying over what he really should, but that's because he doesn't take all the the breaks to which he's entitled because he usually opts not to hire a high-priced professional. Well, most people can't afford to hire uh, big lawyers to uh, right. get them out of, you know. No, but what I'm talking about are people who simply don't pay what they're supposed to pay. The IRS doesn't care if you take if you take uh, deductions, legitimate deductions, and take advantage of actual tax the actual tax code that entitles you to some breaks i mean the irs ultimately is familiar as familiar with tax law as most of us and and so if they see that you took a break to which you're entitled they would say all right all right you're good don't worry just just show us the documentation to prove that you were entitled to that break okay that one's good that one's good all right you're good to go thanks for thanks for your help
Mm-hmm. Well, I, I this has got to stop, Bob. I mean, they're coming after the low-income earners, the the independent businesses, the uh, small business community, and even retirees and uh, anyone else that they can get their grubby little hands on for whatever reason. Only if they break the law. But to your point, you're you're implying that they're going to focus more on the people without really much recourse or without access to good legal resources. And if if that's true, if they're going to focus more on on the people who have a relatively small amount of money, then I say that's wrong. I think the IRS should be aggressive going after um, very wealthy people as much as they would say not so wealthy people. I think they should be consistent. Same with business tax enforcement. Be consistent. Treat everybody equally. Well, well, they aren't treated equally, so... No, I didn't say they were. I said what we need is for the IRS and the DOJ and all agencies, police, all agencies, every agency that we interact with, whether it's a local, state, or federal agency, should treat us all the same. Well, unfortunately, that doesn't happen. I know it doesn't happen. Trust me. You, you've listened to the program. You know how I've touched on sometimes how, say, here in Binghamton and elsewhere in the Triple Cities, code enforcement is inconsistent and doesn't treat everybody the same way. I'm, I'm not oblivious to it. I want everyone, no matter what the laws are, and this includes speeding. You know, there are some people, say if they're in the state Senate, who can go a lot faster on Interstate 88 than you can, Sandy. Well, uh, I, I just... Uh that's just my take on okay. it this early in the morning. Yeah, no, I haven't, I, had, my, <laughs> I haven't I, had my second cup of all coffee All right, yet. well, get, a, get another cup in you, and if, if uh, spirit moves you, call me in the third hour if you have uh, anything that you think will uh, add to our conversation. I always appreciate your calls. Okay, thanks, Bob. 928 WNBF, the station that cares about the nation. Now, the truth is, as host of this program, or some have called me a facilitator, uh, yeah, sometimes I'll make some statements of opinion with which you'll disagree. To which I say, excellent, call in and let's have a conversation. I acknowledge that I am not going to change anyone's mind. I don't want to change anyone's mind. I want to have a conversation. 607-772-1290 or send your email to bob at wnbf.com. Anything. Telling you more every day on News Radio WNBF. Listen to this. One former guy 
referring to another former guy, two young men from Queens who may, in fact, have more in common than most of us thought. This uh, just in from Andrew Cuomo, who has not been banned from Twitter. DOJ must immediately explain the reason for its raid, and it must be more than a search for inconsequential archives, or it will be viewed as a political tactic and undermine any future credible investigation and legitimacy of January 6th investigations. Actually, I'm going to do a quote tweet. So hopefully, what I'm going to do here is encourage Andrew Cuomo to call in. <laughs> I know, you're going to say, Bob, you wouldn't. Oh, go ahead and try me. I'm not saying he'll call in. I'm not saying that Andrew Cuomo will call in. But on the other hand, there's no reason for him not to. So I'm going to do a quote tweet and we'll see because i want to talk with andrew cuomo about this specifically that's a very interesting tweet he just put out on his twitter a few minutes ago back to the phones we go ron in binghamton good morning good morning bob say uh, i have to speak for our viewers uh i think you are our host facilitator and raconteur extraordinaire what do you think of that well, thank you so much. Well, <laughs> hey, did you know that David McCullough died? Yes. Yes. Um, David McCullough. There was, um, well, first, first, you, you say something, because then I'll, I'll tell you something in a, in a moment about, uh, well, about something I heard this morning about David McCullough. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I... I've read a couple of his books. Um, he, he wrote so many. Uh, he wrote on John Adams, on Truman. Uh, he, he won two Pulitzer Prizes, uh, the L.A. Times Book Prize. Uh, I mean, just everything. Uh, the uh, fellow from the New York Times, uh, the literary critic, said that David McCullough was incapable of writing any bad prose. That's what a good writer he was. Of course, he was a narrator. He was he was a real American treasure. He got the uh, the award of the distinguished uh, contribution to American letters, the Presidential Medal of Freedom in 2006. Uh, he was a great great writer, great man. I and I. It's interesting, and you know this because you're a journalist and a, a person on in the media, but it's interesting how uh, he kind of is a footnote in today's news while Olivia Newton-John, whose, you know, basic thing was, you know, she danced with John Travolta and sang some songs, and, I, you know, and she was wonderful, and all of that, I, I you know, liked her, but uh, how lopsided did we get? You know, we've got uh, a guy like David McCullough, uh, whose uh, all of the books he's ever written are still in print, uh, translated into 10 languages, millions of copies sold, um, a great American. But, you know, we go to pop culture trumps everything, you know, uh, and I just find it interesting. Well, yes, yes, and... It's to be expected, in this day and age especially. But even if it was 10 or 
20 years ago probably would have been the case too uh, the the media even before the internet era era the media still for the most part aimed at the masses and I would not say David McCullough aimed most of what he did. I mean, he was pleased for everybody who benefited from from what he wrote. He was pleased that anybody would read his thoughtful uh, writing. But um, Olivia Newton-John was uh, mass-marketed for for millions as entertainment. And U.S. media even before the internet even before twitter and facebook and instagram us media was still really geared i think to uh, doing more put a spotlight on entertainers who pass away oops shouldn't say that they don't pass away entertainers who die remember not pass away people who die uh, olivia newton john died david mccullough died you know that's look look it up in your ap style book they died um but you know but your point's well taken i i don't i don't dispute what you say yeah uh you know in terms of that uh the other day i think it was in the pittsburgh area or whatever and again these were not people of any notoriety but there was a fire uh 10 people seven adults three children die in the fire uh, you know, that's that's a little blip, uh, you know, in terms of media. And uh, but, uh, you know, you can still stand in the checkout line at the at the supermarket and you can still see magazines with Princess Diana on the cover. I mean, you know, I, I, I I'm not trying to make any deep, lasting points, but just making a reflection on, on what you say, like popular culture and who's popular and what we suck up, you know? Uh, yeah. One one thing, I was hoping that I could find it, and maybe I'll find a clip uh, later on from WCBS News Radio 880 uh, this morning. Their uh, reporter emeritus, Rich Lamb, who I miss, and he retired, I think, maybe about two years ago. They named the WCBS newsroom in his honor. Rich Lamb uh, had a great memory about David McCullough that aired this morning on CBS 880. If I can find it, I doesn't. It would not uh, be much good for me to paraphrase what he said. If I can find the the clip later, I'll play it because it was very appropriate. One very thoughtful, articulate person talking about another. Somebody he just happened to have a chance to interview and some comments that uh, David McCullough made at the end of their interview. Yeah, uh, if anyone in, you know, listening has not read uh, David McCullough, I, I recommend any of his books. Uh, just a wonderful writer, and uh, he was a real uh, treasure writing about um, American figures like John Adams and Harry Truman and others. So, uh, it, uh, it, it, of course, he, he lived his life. He was 89 years old. It was not a tragedy that he died. But, uh, you know, just as a, uh, a note uh, here that uh, he, he did some great things and uh, a, a wonderful, uh, wonderful writer that uh, people should read, get informed by, and enjoy. Thank you so much.
Hope you have a good day. It's 940 WNBF, WNBF.com. This just in, Karen Sweet O'Neill has joined us live from Vestal. Are you in Vestal? Are you, where are you? Oh, I think we lost our connection. Ha! All right. Well, Karen Sweet O'Neill, I'm sure, will check back in with us in a moment because I'm sure she has something to uh, tell us about her feature on Wednesday's program. Right here at News Radio, WNBF, WNBF.com. More calls coming up at 607 772 1290. I just uh, tweeted out closed circuit, Andrew Cuomo. I tagged Andrew Cuomo on uh, Twitter. I said, Andrew Cuomo is welcome to discuss his comment about the uh, FBI raid. So there. It's 941. Good morning. Good morning, Bob. What's up? Uh, I just wanted to mention about Olivia Newton-John. Oh, wait. I didn't ask for your name. What's your name and where are you calling from? Yeah, it's Brenda from Snaggle Fork. Yes. Uh, yeah, but I'm very saddened to hear the news about Olivia Newton-John. Yeah. She was a wonderful actor and a singer. And also about Donald Trump. My condolences go out to the family. Donald Trump, with this raid with the FBI, I'm saying, geez, there must be something they really have on him or they wouldn't have done what they did last night. So... Yeah, well, and the fact that he chose to announce it. Remember, the only way we know about it is because he went and blabbed. You know, this should not even be in the public sphere right now. But he, I mean, he has every right to announce that there was a raid at his property at one of his homes in Florida. That certainly is his right. But let's face it, the, you know, the news, most of the actual news came from his statement. And, you know, so as... As they say, what he usually does, his philosophy is to get out in front of the story. So it must be really bad if he announced it. Am I right? Yeah, well, I saw on the news that there was a lot of people out in front of his house. Oh, yeah. They had the police there. Well, I'll be honest with you. If if I lived in the neighborhood, I would have been out in front of his house last night. (laughs) Yeah. But I would be there covering, I'd be there covering the story. I wouldn't be. Wouldn't be holding a sign. I'd be holding a microphone to interview those who showed up. Yeah. Well, anyway, we'll find out what happened. Oh yeah, it's going to be interesting. I just put a. I, I, did you hear? I just put out a request for Andrew Cuomo to call in. I, I put it out on Twitter because Andrew Cuomo just put out a tweet saying the DOJ Department of Justice must ex- immediately explain the reason for its raid. And I thought since. Former Governor Cuomo has nothing else to do these days. Maybe he has a few minutes to call in and talk about that. So stay tuned. Okay. Okay. Could get interesting. 943. This is Bob Joseph serving America with one microphone and one telephone in a studio in downtown Binghamton, New York. WNBF 92.1 FM, 1290 AM. Streaming on WNBF.com. Bob Joseph live on a Tuesday morning. Our number is 607-772-1290 to talk on WNBF.
go back to the phones right now. Matt Ryan, the legendary mayor of Binghamton, Matthew T. Ryan. T stands for terrific. Good morning. Hey, Bob. How you doing? Good. Hey, first of all, I just wish you wouldn't use the word raid. I looked at all the definitions of a raid. The closest one is a surprise visit by the police to arrest suspected people or, um, or seize illicit goods. And there, was, there wasn't a surprise visit. They called the Secret Service and told them they were coming. So they, they, weren't, they didn't knock down any doors. They didn't, they, everybody knew they were coming. So it wasn't a raid. It was a visit by the police to find out if uh, why, well, here's the history of it that everybody suspected of, is there's a whole inventory of stuff that Donald Trump still has from the archives that are uh, owned by the American people, and for a very good reason. And many of those are on a list of classified, and high, and some of them highly classified, top, top secret classified documents. And Donald Trump, they got a bunch of those boxes, but Donald Trump has not, then they did an inventory, and Donald Trump has not turned over all the stuff, and some of it's top secret classified. So they've been in negotiations with him for months, and finally uh, they saw these documents as so, especially top secret. When you talk about top secret, that means people's names could be compromised, people's lives could be in danger if those ever become public. And we all know that Donald Trump was according to many sources, was destroying some of those documents all during his presidency that were supposed to be in the archives. So this had to be the most scrutinized warrant ever, because I agree with Andrew Cuomo. We need an explanation, but it's not going to come immediately, Andrew. It's going to come as they slowly tell why the warrant was gotten, what the warrant will be uh, um We'll be able to scrutinize the warrant and see what they were looking for, and then people can make a decision whether it was appropriate or not. Uh, my guess is this was the most highly scrutinized warrant ever issued because it's true no president has ever had to have their residence uh, searched before because he's such such a criminal himself that he won't an alleged criminal. He's well, right. No. He's not. Come on, he's a, he's Matthew Ryan. Matthew yeah. Ryan, you're an officer of the court. You can't call him a criminal if he hasn't I been can convicted. Call him anything I want. Yeah, but but don't call him a criminal on this program because, to the best of my knowledge, he hasn't been cor- uh, convicted of anything. You don't. How many criminals? Uh, how many criminals haven't been convicted of anything? There, we just found out there was a story yesterday that, that for whatever reason, the uh, Amer. Um, there was many, many more Nazis from Germany living in our public uh, for many, many years who never got arrested or scrutinized. Were they criminals? I don't know. So, uh, just because, look, there's a, uh, there's a big touchiness here about whether or not Donald Trump can be uh, prosecuted or not. But there's certainly enough evidence out there, if you have been listening to the September 6th hearings, no, he's not a convicted criminal, I'll agree. He has not been convicted, but in many, many people's minds, he's a criminal waiting to be commit, uh, convicted. But, you know, this has had to be the most scrutinized warrant, and right away the Republicans are saying, oh, this is the most horrible thing that's ever happened. They didn't knock down any doors. They told the Secret Service they were coming, and Donald Trump has refused to turn over documents that are not his, that are the government's, that are archives, and they're not 
They wouldn't be doing this if they were inconsequential documents, I don't believe. We'll see. That, like, uh, like um, and last night the Washington Post revealed a story that there was a whole 100 pages of sort of inconsequential documents that he hasn't turned over, but there was several pages of very consequential documents that he hasn't turned over. Those, my guess, are the ones they were after. And Donald Trump, you know, we've already, like I said, we already know he's, uh, by many accounts, he's uh, flushed them down his toilet, his golden toilets. He's done things that no other president would think about doing. Oh, and by the way, this goes back to what the deal that Gerald Ford and, and, and Richard Nixon made. That's why this law was passed, because in that deal, um, I don't know if you know this, but Nixon was going to have a key to these archives, and he could go in and destroy them. And the, and, the, and the Congress found out about it, and they passed this law to co- prevent him from doing it. Gerald Ford was a little naive, and he was going to allow Richard Nixon to have, uh, you know, be able to go into these archives. Oh, can you imagine? Money. Can you imagine? Right. You know, it, it was bad enough that Rosemary Woods did her 18-and-a-half-minute trick. I'm using trick in air quotes. We remember what she did. Um, but, by the way... You're a you're a fan of history, aren't you? You you lived in Binghamton. You were in Binghamton 48 years ago today when the I'm holding I, in I my hands. In, Where actually I was in Copenhagen, uh, playing with a band, and, and and we had just played the night before. We went out in our our Volkswagen van, and we really slept, yeah, and we slept in a slept in a field. In the morning, we woke up. We were surrounded by cows looking at us. Well, th- so we when heard, did you find out that Richard Milhouse Nixon announced that, his resignation? That same day, but oh. the, it was funny because the um, the BBC was after they listened to his resignation speech was saying their commentary was that sounded more like an inauguration speech than a. Uh, <laughs> I was <laughs> listening to it speech. last night in real time at right. the at the appointed hour because it was nine o'clock uh, Eastern time on August eighth, nineteen seventy four. I played that back, and and by the way, I tweeted it out. I don't know if you saw that on on Twitter. It was behind the scenes, so it showed the the five and a half minutes before the the broadcast actually went live. Check it out. Yeah, because it shows, it it actually shows a human side of Richard Nixon that probably most of us never saw. I mean, remember, this, by, by anybody's measure had to be it was the worst day of his life professional and 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 personal and yet he was still trying to you know joke around a bit with the uh, the cbs crew at one point he said only cbs crew le- uh, allowed in this room and so he you know again richard nixon is who he was or was who he is or whatever but uh, yeah check that out on twitter because it's okay. it's fascinating it's fascinating one, yeah I, I will but one more quick well, thing well we're out of time for the hour Oh, okay, bye. All right, thanks. Yeah, if you didn't see that on Twitter, I tweeted it out last night, right before 9 o'clock. And most people have never had a chance to see it. Somebody posted it on YouTube about five or six minutes before President Nixon went live to address the nation. It's fascinating. 9.56, more to come on a Tuesday morning. I'm Bob Joseph. You want Where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Here's Kathy White.
Good morning. It's 67 degrees at 10.04. We have some light rain in the area that has dropped the dew point by 3 degrees. The dew point now coming in at 65. Winds also picking up out of the north now at 12 miles an hour. Still looking for a high temperature today, about 80, and showers and thunderstorms throughout the day today. Not much in the way of precipitation picking up a tenth of an inch, maybe higher in thunderstorms. Still the investigation underway into a head-on crash on the Vestal Parkway that closed Route 434 in the area of 4600 Vestal Parkway East all night and into the morning hours. Vestal Police are reporting that the crash happened at 10.56 p.m. And that was an area that is located just west of University Plaza. They said that the uh, responding officers located a male and a female that had sustained serious injuries as they got on the scene last night. The road finally reopened in both directions about 8 o'clock this morning. Any witnesses or anyone with information regarding the accident encouraged to contact the Vestal Police Department at 607-754-2111. We've talked to the Vestal Police and they have said it is their understanding that there are fatalities involved. Once again, the investigation is continuing into the head-on crash on the Vestal Parkway. WMBF First News Time, 10.05. Pennsylvania State Police are investigating a two-vehicle crash on Interstate 81 in Susquehanna County. that sent one driver to the hospital. Authorities say a Toyota Corolla was entering the southbound interstate from the Great Bend exit at about 10 minutes to 8 yesterday morning and was traveling in the right forward lane when 73-year-old Carl Bennett of Benedict of Halstead said he heard a crash and lost control of his car. Troopers say 38-year-old Erica Brown of Throop, Pennsylvania had been driving in the left lane when she lost control of her 2005 Jeep Liberty for unknown reasons, colliding with the Toyota Corolla. Brown was taken to Wilson Memorial Regional Medical Center in Johnson City for treatment of unspecified injuries while Benedict refused treatment. Authorities say Brown was driving with a suspended or revoked license and faces charges. WMBF News Time 1006. Sentencing is set for November for a Johnson City man who has admitted he intended to injure his child's grandfather by stabbing him with a knife and a broken piece of glass. 32-year-old David Mayella pleaded guilty yesterday to felony assault. Johnson City Police arrested Mayella in connection with an attack on a man in a home on Pratt Avenue in the village at 11 in the morning on Sunday, February 27th. The victim, whose name was not released, was repeatedly slashed and stabbed with a large piece of glass during a domestic dispute. When officers arrived to the report of that dispute, they say they saw Mayella attacking the other man with a piece of glass and took him into custody without further incident. The man was who was assaulted sustained several slash and stab wounds. A child who was also in the home at the time was injured in a fall. Both the man and the child were taken to the hospital for treatment. Under the plea deal, Mayella will be sentenced to four years in state prison, followed by five years post-release supervision. WMBF First News Time, 10.08. The developer of a major pipeline system is pleading no contest to criminal charges that is systematically polluted waterways and residential water wells across hundreds of miles of Pennsylvania. 
Dallas-based Energy Transfer Operating agreed Friday to independent testing of homeowners' water and promised to remediate contamination. The settlement involves two separate criminal cases brought by the Pennsylvania Attorney General. Under a plea deal, the company will pay $10 million to restore watersheds and streams along the Mariner East Pipeline Network. Mariner East has been one of the most penalized projects in Pennsylvania history. Energy Transfer had no comment to reporters. New Yorkers who want a driver's license with an X gender identity marker can now apply online and skip the line at the Department of Motor Vehicles. Governor Kathy Hochul said last week New Yorkers can go to the State Department of Motor Vehicles website to change their gender marker to X. New York began offering the X option for licenses, learner permits, and non-driver identification cards in May following the passage of a 2021 state law. Proponents of the change had argued that limiting gender identity on licenses to either male or female discriminated against non-binary New Yorkers. The option is open to new applicants as well as New Yorkers with existing licenses. They will have the option to change their gender marker from M or F to X. WMBF News Time, 10.09. Almost. The WMBF Twin Tiers forecast, we're getting some showers right now, and that's dropped the dew point level by a couple of degrees. WMBF Twin Tiers forecast, 60% chance of the showers and thunderstorms continuing through the afternoon. Mostly cloudy today, a high in the low 80s. Tonight, mostly cloudy with patchy fog after midnight, a low around 60. Tomorrow starts off with patchy fog in the morning, otherwise mostly sunny, a high in the low 80s. Thursday, sunny, a slight chance of afternoon showers and thunderstorms, a high in the mid-80s. Quite a bit milder and more comfortable on Friday. Sunshine, a high in the mid to upper 70s. And Saturday, sunny and a high near 80. Currently 67 in Binghamton. It's 10-11, where news breaks first. News Radio, 1290 WMBF, WMBF.com and 92.1 FM. News Radio, 1290 WMBF. WMBF Tuesday morning. This is Bob Joseph, live on News Radio for America. WNBF remembering the great Olivia Newton-John. So much music, great acting, and uh, seemed like just a, a wonderful person. We were able to learn so much about her in recent years with some of the interviews that she did with various news outlets, CBS, and a few of the other major news outlets. And I was fascinated, fascinated uh, with her uh, spirit. 
in recent years, despite some major health challenges. She uh, she always seemed brave and courageous in the face of, of uh, some difficult times. We'll be taking your phone calls soon on uh, this Tuesday morning, whatever you want to talk about. At 607-772-1290. It'll be coming up in a few minutes. First, though, we start the hour off with the law. The law has arrived in the form of uh, Captain Kate Newcomb and Deputy Robert Stapleton. Stapleton. <laughs> yeah, I was able to remember it on on our Twitter, but not, not on the air. Oh, well, you know, I prioritize. Anyway, thank you both for being here. Thanks for having us. Thank you for inviting us, Bob. Now, Deputy Stapleton, have you? I don't recall. Have you been to our studio before? I haven't, but this is uh, this is great. Yeah. Nice place. Yeah, and, and I, I hope you enjoy that. We set the temperature for ninety nine point one in honor of our classic rock station. Absolutely. So, yeah, you know, someday, I I know one of these days we're going to get it set to sixty eight in honor of one of our competing. AM stations, <laughs> but that that's not going to happen till December. Anyway, welcome. We're uh, going to talk about um, basic crime prevention and specifically uh, neighborhood watch programs. And let's talk overall about uh, the way the Broome County Sheriff's Office works. Of course, it's routine patrol. If there's a crime reported, somebody calls in. Uh, to 911 about suspicious activity or uh, sometimes a burglary in progress or whatever deputies and sometimes state police are are sent priority one but there's also a component of law enforcement that really strives to encourage and promote crime prevention yeah for sure uh, bob as you know the broom county sheriff's office is a full service agency uh, we, we have our, as you mentioned, our Uniform Patrol Division, and we handle about 26 or 27,000 calls a year uh, in the Broome County area. And, uh, you know, what had piqued my interest uh, last week was one of your callers had specifically questioned um, you about if there were any more neighborhood watch programs still in existence. And, uh, you know, as an avid listener of your program, um, you know, I wanted to come on and, and talk about our neighborhood watch program that the Broome County Sheriff's Office has. We, it's been in existence for many, many years, and it still is. Uh, so I thought that it would be a perfect opportunity to come in and, and discuss what we do for our, for our community to protect and serve them. All right, and Deputy Stapleton, tell me about your role and, and your specific mission with the Sheriff's Office. Yeah, so Bob, I run our community policing division. With that being said, there's numerous neighborhood watch uh, groups all over Broome County and specifically more of the rural groups uh, will get a hold of us as a law enforcement entity but me in particular because I run our community policing division and with that being said a lot of these organized groups I'm their single point of contact uh, for many issues and trainings and meetings and whatnot but uh, granted we uh, we go out to a lot of different neighborhood watch groups just kind of educate them, you know, what to report, what to look for, uh, the different types of crimes that might be in their area. We share information. I show them crime mapping. I show them uh, traffic statistics and a little bit more of a broad spectrum of what they might just see in the news or hear from a neighbor. One thing that uh, always occurs to me when we're talking about um, civilians getting involved in crime prevention 
I think there's a fine line between assisting law enforcement and potentially causing more problems. And I don't know, we've seen a lot of that locally. I'm aware of a few incidents that have occurred over the last couple of decades, but it seems to be infrequent. But I do see uh, some highly publicized cases in other states where laws differ, where people think that they're empowered to take the law into their own hands. And sometimes they wind up facing potentially a lot more uh, criminal liability than than the people who are causing problems to begin with. Absolutely. So we, we want to empower people to observe suspicious activity and whatnot, but not necessarily take you know part of it themselves uh, in apprehension or anything like that. So we give them the tools and the resources of how to report that stuff, what to look for. And uh, yeah, we don't want anyone to be a vigilante, but we do want them to be our eyes and ears when we can't be around. What is the first step, say, if somebody is listening to this and in their neighborhood there is not currently any sort of organized group uh, similar to the neighborhood watches that, that have existed, is, is there a simple first step for people to uh, get some basic information to organize appropriately? Yes. Frankly, uh well, we have a, there's a website, uh, nationalneighborhoodwatch.org, nnw.org, that you can check. And uh, we are associated with that. So if you're not sure if there's a watch in your area or not, you can go on there. And uh, you can see if there's one in your neighborhood. Now, if there's not, that's fine. Uh, the first step really is to talk to numerous neighbors, as many as you can, and uh, say, hey, listen, do we have a problem in this area? You know, what are the problems? And uh, just basically work together and say we need to work as a team then you know kind of define a leader of that group reach out to us and be honest with you we'll reach out to state police as well if you're in a uh, you know binghamton jc endicott vestal that has their own police force you know you know you want to reach out to them but if you're in the outskirts of uh metropolitan area definitely reach out to us and uh, i'll come out and i'll work with the group and decide on a geographical location and uh go from there in your view, what what tends to be a, a good minimum number to to get something organized? How many people do you really need to um, at least get things off to to potentially be successful? Well, it's it varies. So, for example, we have a newer group out in South Windsor, and uh, it's a very wide geographical area. And uh, with that being said, you have several miles of this particular group. Now, I'm thinking of a particular group that we have out in West Endicott, where you have a ton of residents, and uh, they kind of divvy them almost like a chain of command where every every block has somebody that's kind of in charge but they use kind of a you know a tiered approach where there's one single person that's a point of contact however there's another point of contact per road or street or wherever they are do people think that uh if they organize a neighborhood watch group that they uh, are entitled to go out on patrol and with like walkie-talkies and and squirt guns or or, or something <laughs> to 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 try to give the the impression that there's some sort of uh, private security force. Do some people think that's that's something that uh, they ought to be able to do? Well, I'll, I'll, I'm not going to lie, Bob. Every every time we start a new group, uh, well, a neighborhood starts a group, that is a question, and they ask what are the legal responsibilities and liabilities and. I'm very honest with them. Don't get involved. Report, report, report. Well, and, and uh, Captain Newcomb, I mean, to that point, uh, and, and I alluded to it earlier, if people aren't careful, 
with with their actions at some point if if they're not familiar with law even if they think that they may be protecting themselves or their neighbors or somebody's property there's always a potential in new york state or wherever they are for our listeners in pennsylvania that you do something that runs afoul of the law and then you're going to have to hire your own representation to attempt to defend your actions yeah, but by all means, Bob, that, that's not what we're promoting here. What we're promoting is simply to be the eyes and ears in your neighborhoods and then contact the appropriate law enforcement agency so that that agency, that law enforcement agency, can, uh, number one, be aware of that and that activity that is going on or take enforcement actions. So, listen, you know, uh, you and I talk frequently about different cases that the sheriff's office is working on, and you know that we depend upon the public uh, to be our eyes and ears sometimes. You know, we can't be, law enforcement can't be everywhere all the time. Um, and we utilize social media. Deputy Stapleton actually oversees our social media as well. We utilize social media to garner tips in certain investigations. Um, where we've seen it be very successful in, is in our missing persons investigations. And, um, you know, Sheriff Harder is a huge advocate of uh, putting a lot of information out there. You know, he, um, you know, when we have an investigation going on, uh, his priority is, you know, getting it out to the media, releasing it to, to the media, uh, and let them know what's going on. So we we utilize the public a lot to be our eyes and ears. Um, you know, we have 50 or 55 law enforcement um, professionals that oversee Broome County for the sheriff's office, and we can't be everywhere. As you know, it's a large geographical area. We can't be everywhere at once. Well, and as I've pointed out, uh, and I've uh, gained a lot of firsthand knowledge because of uh, ride-alongs with sheriff's deputies, uh, state troopers, and, and local police officers here in the Triple Cities. The one thing that always, I think, fascinates me, and doesn't come as any surprise, but the fact that, say, for the, the people who are being protected by the sheriff's office and state police, those outside the triple cities with their own law enforcement agency, the, the fact is sometimes the nearest vehicle to respond can be a significant distance away. Now, I recall in one ride-along, I think uh, uh, the deputy I was riding with was on East Main Street in Endwell, and the call for a domestic dispute was in Center Lyle. So he punched that in to his GPS, which pops up and says, uh, 31 minutes. By the way, we got there, even though it was a foggy night. Trust me, we got there a lot sooner than 31 minutes. <laughs> but the fact is, it had the potential to have been a, a violent domestic dispute at 1030 at night. And the nearest car, in fact, nearest available patrol was in the town of Union. So, And that's one of the things why if uh, the sheriff's office and state police can get some useful information about potential criminal activity in progress it can really help get get uh, the needed officers deputies or troopers in in place to assist people as quickly as possible yeah for sure and uh you know we talk about that when we're recruiting deputy sheriffs and um, in their interviews when uh, we conduct uh, interviews for hiring new deputies we talk about the fact that you know a lot of Broome County is rural your backup may be as much as 20 minutes or 30 minutes away and uh, you know I applaud all law enforcement that you you have to be um, you know a courageous person to uh, don the uniform and, and do this job you have to have some certain skill sets you have to be able to talk to people um, and 
you know, there's there's a lot involved in, in this profession, so I appreciate you pointing that out. Well, and, and as they say, patience is a virtue in general, but in law enforcement, it's it's a requisite. Because if, if you don't have a sufficient amount of patience, I don't see how you're going to get through one eight-hour tour, whether it's in the city of Binghamton or just uh, working high, highway patrol in one of the zones in Broome County. You're going to encounter people, obviously, as they say, who are not at their best. I mean, they're encountering whether they're dealing with domestic issues or mental health issues or alcohol or drugs or sometimes a combination of all those things. You're seeing them potentially at at one of the worst moments in their lives. Absolutely. The police officers out on the street right now have the hardest job uh, than it's ever been in, you know, I'm in my 31st year with the sheriff's office and in the course of my career, uh, it is more dangerous on the streets now than it has ever been. Um, you know, I think that uh, just some of the crime that we've experienced around here certainly indicates that. And, uh, you know, I applaud every law, not only the sheriff's office, but every law enforcement agency um, for doing the job that they do because, you know, it's a, it's a huge risk and a, and a large sacrifice. Uh, they, they don the uniform every day, not knowing if they're going to go back home. And, uh, you know, I think that we should appreciate our law enforcement and thank them for protecting and serving us every day. I'm grateful. I, I get to, to see it uh, on a, a daily basis. It's rare uh, where uh, at least one of the stories, sometimes uh, several stories I covered over the course of the week, where it doesn't involve uh, the local police agencies in the triple cities or the sheriff's office or state police and sometimes a combination and uh, to see the work that they're doing um, and not knowing what to expect when when they arrive at the scene and they have to make an initial assessment of is there still an imminent danger to the public and possibly an imminent danger to themselves and their their colleagues i mean you have to be able to size up a scene quickly and every situation's unique mm-hmm. we're dealing with more people with mental health uh, issues uh, in crisis uh, or people with substance use disorder now than we ever have before, and it's and it's taxing. And you know, one of the issues, of course, with the uh, police officers on the street is burnout, the burnout rate. Um, so these are all things that we take into consideration. We talk about it, you know, internally. Uh, we train, we continuously train. Um, we're, uh, Sheriff Harder also is a huge advocate of training and, and staying staying um, staying above the fray as far as. Uh, you know, getting the latest and greatest techniques and, and training that we possibly can have. So, um, you know, we take it very, very seriously. And we're not only concerned about um, the public that we protect and serve, but also the mental health and the officers who we have out on the streets. Well, and that's another thing that the appropriate counseling needs to be made available to um, law enforcement officers and other emergency services people, whether it's firefighters or ambulance personnel, people who are responding. And let's face it, what actually shows up in the news, whether it's what we put on our website or talk about on the radio or what you see on TV or see in the newspaper, in the end, you're seeing a, a typically a highly edited and a very sanitized version because we try to use extreme discretion with how much we show and yet you know the fact is the the reality the reality of of what actually happens and and the other thing is though 
even more so than just the high-profile cases. I mean, obviously, if there's been a, a shooting or a serious crash, those stories make the news. But more than 99% of the calls that local law enforcement go on in a typical day will never make the news. And yet some of those situations can be heartbreaking. We're dealing with situations of, in, in many cases, extreme poverty, people who are, uh, you know, they're in crisis. Young people, old people, and sometimes I, I can't even imagine at the end of a tour what goes through your mind when you've you've seen you know some what what appears to be hopeless and and you have to just try to address the situation as well as you can but you don't have a magic wand you can't fix their situation no matter how much you'd like to yeah mm -hmm. sure anyway uh for people again who want more information about crime prevention and possibly organizing a neighborhood watch in broom county if you live outside one of the areas served by uh, your own local police if, if you want to contact the broom county sheriff's office what's the best way to do it the best way well there's a couple ways actually bob you can go to our website and uh, under there, there's a tab of community policing. If you go there, I actually have a PDF booklet that you can, you can download, and it's how to start Neighborhood Watch. Uh, you can also call my office and leave a message if I'm in the office, if I'm not, 778-2391, uh, 778-2391. Uh, that's my direct line if you do want to start a Neighborhood Watch or you just simply want information. If you can't get onto the internet, I'll be more than happy to print out that booklet, send it to you. Uh, also, that website that I spoke of earlier, uh, nnw.org, nationalneighborhoodwatch.org, is a great resource. Uh, they actually have webinars on there, a lot of different trainings, uh, and a lot more steps that uh, we have available on our website. Deputy Bob Stapleton, Captain Kate Newcomb with the Broome County Sheriff's Office, thanks for joining us in the studio. Our pleasure. Thank you for inviting us, Bob, and also thank the um, public for, you know, any time that they can assist law enforcement. We greatly appreciate it. Stay safe. Thanks. It's 1030. We're live and local on a Tuesday morning. Bob Joseph on WNBF. Don't miss the... WNBF 1035-607-772-1290 is the number to our studio. If you have things to discuss, we have the equipment with which to transmit it to a grateful world. Dale in Binghamton, good morning. Good morning, Bob. Um, down here in downtown Binghamton, a little bit of rain. I was wondering... Uh, um. First off, uh, back in 1969, I watched the moon landing and everything, so I'm an old enough person, but I'm wondering how the FBI can uh, raid someone's house. 
Well, the FBI can't do it on its own. This had to have taken uh, approval at the very highest levels of the government. So you have to surmise, yes, the FBI director, who was appointed by Donald Trump, so that should be recognized that uh, the FBI director was Donald Trump's choice. So he had to sign off on this, and most likely the uh, highest levels of DOJ had to uh, sign off on it, including the Attorney General, I would think. I, I don't think they can just say, hmm, yeah, we we don't like that guy too much, and so we're going to uh, get a, a warrant and conduct a raid on Mar-a-Lago. I think a lot of people had to get involved for what happened on Monday to actually occur. That's craziness. You know. Well, how... How is it craziness? I mean, we have a system. Now, I will admit, in all my years, including the years that um, when I was younger, <laughs> we were all younger, uh, half a century ago with Richard Nixon, and all these years, I never thought the former resident or the residence of a former president would ever be the subject of any kind of uh, a warrant for a potential criminal investigation. I. I certainly agree that it's it's uh, highly unusual. You know, it's uh, I don't know. I, I just don't um, agree with it. But uh, well, I, it's not a question of whether you or I agree with it. I mean, I may not agree with it. I'm per I'll just say I'm perplexed because we only have heard the side from Donald Trump, and I can understand him as as all of his statements have indicated so far that he's unamused and apparently quite angry. I would be too. He has I think he has every right to be unamused and angry about what happened. I would like to know more information from the Department of Justice to know specifically what was going on that prompted them to seek a warrant that gave them the approval to spend several hours at the residence of a former president. <laughs> days or whatever they did to take to to take Miralago, you know. Well that's, they didn't that's crazy. That's his own home. Well no, but a, that they say from what I've read, they say that's where he took confidential documents that didn't belong to him. You know, the uh the thing is But they don't have those confidential documents or anything in there. How do we and know I wouldn't have them how how do we know? I mean, they they were hoping, apparently, based on the reporting, they were hoping to find some more documents that were relevant to ongoing investigations before they were destroyed. And the reality is, uh, because Donald Trump hasn't been president now for over a year and a half, a lot of the most uh, uh, relevant documents may have already been destroyed. What about the next president? I agree. If the next president pulls this s sort of stunt, she, too, is probably going to find her residence, whether it's in Florida or New York or Alabama. Uh, I bet she, I bet her for her residence will wind up being raided after she's out of office as well. If she tries to pull something like this in your own house, you know, that's that's that just, you know, don't have no reason. Well, I don't know whether there was a reason. Again, we have to wait for DOJ to to actually tell us the reasons. And 
I don't think we're going to hear any official reason from the Department of Justice today. It may take weeks before we know the truth. Or years. Well, hopefully not years, because you know me, I'm very impatient. I want answers now. I want answers now, too. Right. You know, it's just a, a scary situation when someone can walk into your house and take whatever they want. Well, the warrants are executed every day, even here in uh, Broome County. I would say almost every day of the year, maybe not on Christmas, but probably sometimes on Christmas or Thanksgiving, warrants are executed, and they have to be... Uh, Law enforcement has to apply for a warrant, and then, if they provide enough of uh, what a judge believes to be a legitimate reason, then the judge would issue an, a warrant for uh, a search to be conducted. You know, but they, but they won't even tell you that. And they can just walk into your house and take whatever they want. Well, according to uh, what we've heard, they at least called ahead. You know, sometimes... They do uh, around here what's called no-knock warrants. I've seen where the cops show up at somebody's house or apartment, and they use a battering ram to uh, enter the place. I mean, what do you think about that? That's a, that's a pretty risky business there, especially with the police and stuff, to go through a door with a no-knock warrant. Yeah, I, I've seen it happen, and I was, was glad that, as they say, it ended well, but let's face it, a lot of people, if somebody comes and, and smashes down their door, I suspect a lot of people around here would react improperly, and, and the outcome wouldn't be good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I appreciate your call, Dale. Thank you so much. It's 1042 at News Radio WNBF. Uh, Tuesday morning, Karen Sweet O'Neill joins us now with a preview of her Wednesday morning segment here on WNBF. Hi. Good morning, Bob. You have some hot phone lines today. Oh, my gosh. You know, it's. I know, it's, I couldn't get through. I know, it's so hot. <laughs> we may have to issue a hot phone advisory. Right, you need like one of those bat phones. No, I need one of those through to you. <laughs> oh, yes. Like the, 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 the type of line that the commissioner used to use. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. So, what are you gonna what are you gonna uh, talk about tomorrow when you join us at about nine twenty? Or we hope anyway um, at nine twenty or thereabouts. We're going to talk about the new bill that just got passed in the Senate, and we're going to specifically talk about and it's called the Inflation Reduction Act. But I'm not going to go through the whole the whole bill. I'm going to focus more on the health insurance subsidies and the lower. Pres- prescription drug costs for um, beneficiaries that are on Medicare. So we're going to fine-tune that just so people understand going forward um, what the House hopefully will pass, if that's the way, you know, the best way to do it, and uh, what it will mean for their own, you know, economic situation, their own pocketbook or purse. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk a little bit about long-term care um, insurance, and one of the reasons is because we're getting a lot of phone calls, Bob, from people that have existing policies, um, and we're getting those phone calls from the brokers that sold them the policies, and they're they're just no longer in the business, or they've moved away, or whatever the case may be. So we're doing a lot of um, options for these people so that they don't lose all their coverage and have to pay thousands of dollars more a year 
just to retain what they have. So we're going to talk about that, too. All right. Well, I don't know much, but I do know I'll be here, and we will carry on a thoughtful, intelligent conversation designed to enlighten our listeners tomorrow morning at about 920. Sounds good. We're up on the parkway, 1708 Vestal Parkway East, 707-672-4898, and you can Google us at KSO Insurance. All our contact information comes up, and I will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you so much, Karen Sweet O'Neill at 1044 from News Radio, WNBF. 607-772-1290 if you want to talk about the Department of Justice. Or if you're old enough, remember when Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. starred in that fascinating Sunday night TV hit called The FBI in Color? That's my favorite program, The FBI in color interesting name for a show but uh, I guess they wanted to emphasize that it was in color anyway we could talk about that we could talk about local issues whatever's on your mind on this Tuesday morning call us at 607-772-1290 Bob Joseph live on WNBF 1290 AM 92.1 FM Remember, you can always stay connected with your favorite radio station using the free WNBF app. For fifty, News Radio, WNBF. Bob Joseph, on your Tuesday morning, we've got... The talk and the music you need today. In the corner of the bar that stands a jukebox With the best of country music, old and new You can hear your five selections for a quarter Somebody else's songs when yours are through Olivia Newton-John Oh, so talented. And we are missing her. Let's go back to the phones right now to the town of Dickinson and Beverly. Good morning. Hi, how are you? Oh, I am just great. Yeah, I had surgery yesterday. And how, how are you doing today? Uh, a little uncomfortable. All right. Well, are you enjoying the program so far? Yeah, I'm, I'm resting in my recliner. Yeah, so I'm doing all right. All right. Well, you should stay hydrated. You should have some water, I would think. Oh, yes, I do. All right. Well, that's important. So what did you think last, uh, well, it wasn't last night. Yesterday they went down to Mar-a-Lago. And they they went oh, they went down and they took the they're going through the former guy's stuff uh, probably even looking in the toilets. What do you think about that? Well, they're always doing something to him. Well, they just won't leave him alone. I mean, the guy has been out of office now for what two three years, and you know it's almost as though they can't help themselves. That that uh, it's almost like the guy is living rent free in their head. Yeah. So what I think, they should just, you know, let the guy alone. And if 
if he's got confidential documents that he accidentally took from the White House down to his beautiful estate at Mar-a-Lago, just let him put them in a box and and ship them back with uh, FedEx. Yeah, that's true. With like a little note. Say sorry. There was a little bit of confusion because I was um, distracted. Because he was distracted, you know, after that insurrection. You know, after the insurrection. I mean, the insurrection happened just two weeks before he had before he got kicked out of his public housing. So you can imagine that the guy was under a lot of pressure. Oh yeah. Don't never leave him alone. Never. Don't ever leave him alone. Never ever. I don't think so. I wonder why, though. There, you know, psychologists could probably tell us a thing or two about why they just won't leave the former guy alone. Because he's a Trump. You think that's and people it? People after him. Do you think that it's just because of his name? Well, partly, yes. I mean, uh, don't do anything to get him out. Don't don't do anything to, you know. You know, to ruin his reputation, they'll do anything, but if, but if it's right or wrong. Well, I think they sh- the one thing I will say, and I don't know if he committed a crime, there's no way yet for me to know about his culpability, but I wish they would be nicer to him. Yeah, well, well they, uh, once they get something on him, they keep going. But one thing I can say, he's a fighter. That is true. That's the one thing I've noticed about Donald Trump. And I've been following this guy. Believe it or not, I've been following Mr. Trump for nearly four decades. I was I was paying attention to his actions when he was a Queens real estate developer before most people in Binghamton ever knew who he was. So I, I feel I've never met the guy. I had the chance to speak with him on the phone once for 18 and a half minutes. But I just have a sense that I know more about Trump than most people around Binghamton. Not all people, but, you know, I just... I. I think he's a very, very interesting person. You know, I met him one time. Wait, uh, oh, I think, oh, you told me. where. Oh, you met him at a casino. Yeah, because I got some at the Taj Mahal because I won some money. And I think you told us in the past that at that point, Donald Trump behaved like a perfect gentleman. Yes, he did. So, which begs the question, and I know this might seem somehow a bit inappropriate, do you think it was all an act, or do you think he really is a perfect gentleman? No, I don't think it was an act. He's got manners. All right. All right. Well, I want to meet the guy. I mean, it was great that he called into the program once, but I still want to meet the guy. And and I, I say this right now. Right now on the program, if Donald Trump is listening, whether he calls in or stops by, there will always be an opportunity for him to be on this program, okay? Oh, yeah. All right. That's my that's my pledge to everyone, to you, the home viewer. Donald Trump is always welcome to come on the program, either in person or via telephone, for a live interview, possibly up to three hours, maybe longer. 
I'm Bob Joseph. More is coming up. Don't touch that dial on WNBF. Don't miss the I'm Bob Joseph, live on a Tuesday morning. More to come in a moment here on WNBF Binghamton. It's a where news breaks first. News Radio 1290 WNBF. Here's Kathy White. And we're looking at a reduction in the humidity, the stickiness around our area. Also, the trade-off is some pop-up thunderstorms again. The investigation is continuing to that serious crash overnight on the Vestal Parkway that closed a portion of the parkway in both directions for the overnight hours into the early morning hours with only a westbound lane reopened at around quarter of six in the morning. Authorities had said two passenger vehicles collided just west of the University Plaza shortly after 10.30 p.m. yesterday. Several people taken to area hospitals. Early unconfirmed reports of a fatality. Fox 40 had reported the they became aware of the crash practically at the bottom of their driveway at around 10:40, and saw a silver vehicle and a black sport utility vehicle on opposite sides of the median. The crash happened eastbound between Plaza Drive and Vestal Road. The authorities not commenting on the condition of other people taken to the hospital. New legislation signed by New York Governor Kathy Hochul looks to provide more tax relief for especially older homeowners in the state. The package allows municipalities to increase the maximum income allowed for the state's real property tax exemption to $50,000 for those age 65 and older, as well as residents with disabilities. The previous maximum income eligible was $29,000 per year for seniors and those with disabilities living out outside of New York City. The second provision of the package allows an extension of local property tax exemptions offered by county and municipal governments for first-time home buyers purchasing new construction homes. That exemption is being allowed through 2028. It had been set to expire at the end of this year. The final measure in the package makes it easier for homeowners age 60 and older to make repairs to their property, allowing them to stay in their home. The legislation gives a more flexible timeline for senior homeowners in need of emergency repairs by increasing the deadline for restore emergency emergency repair projects to 60 days and the cost allowed per project to $20,000. Some property owners in the Vestal Central School District are getting a refund check for a portion of their school taxes. According to a letter from School District Superintendent Jeffrey Ahern dated on August 2nd, someone notified the district that some basic star taxpayers overpaid their taxes for the 2021-2022 school tax year. The note states the mistake was a result of an error in the electronic file used by the agency that creates the district's school tax bills. It said, quote, apparently the electronic file used an incorrect lower star exemption than what it should have been. The district was moving to correct the problem and the letter with the check apologized for any confusion this may have caused. Representatives of State Controller Thomas DiNapoli's office were not immediately available to discuss the overpayments or whether the office was aware of other New York school districts which received overpayments over the past year. Otsonango Park in the town of Dickinson is back to normal following several days of setup, then three days of Speedy's, hot air balloons, concerts, and thousands of visitors. The cleanup from Speedy Fest is actually continuing, but the popular park was set to reopen to the general public today. The 30th annual festival, which started as a humble Speedy cooking contest for local bragging rights, returned to its normal date on the first weekend of August after being moved to October last year and sidetracked in 2020 by the COVID-19 
pandemic. There are no solid numbers available for attendance, but the concerts that were offered at an additional admission level were in many cases described as sold out. The expansion and reported enthusiastic attendance all came as temperatures Saturday and Sunday soared into the 90s with the heat index values to around 100. Emergency communications activity on Sunday morning indicated several medic calls to the park for heat-related issues, but there were no official reports of any serious injury, illness, or complications due to the hot weather. Weather not so hot for today. It is looking fairly decent with a 60% chance of showers and thunderstorms, mainly in the afternoon, gradually becoming mostly sunny and a high near 80. For tonight, partly cloudy with some patchy fog developing toward morning, a low around 60. Wednesday starts off with patchy fog, otherwise mostly sunny and a high in the low 80s. Thursday, sunny, a slight chance of afternoon showers and thunderstorms, a high in the mid-80s, and sunny on Friday with a high only in the mid to upper 70s. Sunny Saturday and a high near 80. This is where news breaks first. News Radio 1290, WMBF, WMBF.com and 92.1 FM. News Radio Bob Joseph live on Tuesday morning, 607-772-1290. If you'd like to talk on this radio station, the best radio station, WNBF. Newton John. A great body of work over the decades. Great stuff. Well, we're here till noon, so let's take full advantage of the time we've been allotted. We begin the hour with John in Binghamton. Good morning. Good morning. I have a question. Ever since the president has come into power, He's done nothing but destroy the United States, destroy the FBI. And what they did in Florida was never done before to any president, no matter what they did. This is afraid, and the people that are Democrats think, well, they're coming after them. And what's next? You know, they're going to go after the Democrats next, the lower echelon. When you uh, get... 87,000 more uh, IRA, you know, people, they're not coming after the big guys. They're coming after you and me, the small people. They're not coming after me because I haven't broken any law. So I'm I'm good. I, I hope they hire 50,000 more IRS agents to crack down on the people who aren't paying their taxes. They're going to come after the little guy. Well, if the little guy is breaking the law, then the little guy had better pay up. 
The big guy, the middle guy, and the little guy. Everybody who isn't paying every penny in taxes, they'd better pay up. The President of the United States is holding where Hunt, where his son should be in jail, and they haven't done anything for two years. Hey, Hunter Biden isn't threatening democracy the way the former guy may have. I mean, Hunter Biden never called for people to show up on January 6th, 2021 will be wild he never did that now hunter biden to be sure is imperfect and i believe he has made some mistakes but he never ever has tried to bring down the democracy of the usa but see you're changing the subject right now what he did was wrong he's getting the president of the united states has sold 200 million barrels of oil to china why because his son has an investment in that country. And Biden, I don't know what his problem is, but he's turning against the U.S. And the two things he promised would be there no taxes on the upper echelon of over $4,000. And again, he said it. But when you charge the higher echelon, it's going to cost jobs, and it's going to raise the price again of of inflation. And again, when he did this last bill, it's the same thing. He's a liar. He doesn't know how to tell the truth. And what happened over over in Europe, it's all his responsibility. But he's still doing the best he can. You don't say he's doing the best he can when he cut our energy down to nothing, where we had to go beg for oil from these other countries. He says we will do business in our own country, and that's a lie, and he's proven it right now. He is an outright liar, and you say the people that want this, how many of them are giving up their plane flights? Even OC goes to Florida. Why? That's using that's using uh, money, but yet... They can go wherever they want. The president can sign, could go home every week, and that's using a ton of uh, energy. So did his predecessor. Look how much traveling his predecessor did. Come on, man. Come on, man. He's the one that said he didn't go home every weekend like Biden has. And you defend Biden, but when you think about it, the Republicans may come first, but eventually they're coming after you. And you say that's not true? Well, you watch. It's been proven. People coming from other countries see it happen, and they're speaking out. But you want to you wanna back somebody like uh, Biden? Why did he stop our gas line coming from Canada and yet give Russia a chance to build theirs? There's something wrong there. He's got something involved in both countries. Well, maybe. I didn't say I back Biden. I'm just saying that everybody seems to be piling on the guy. I mean, look, he's he's had some health problems, and now people are just going after him and after his kid. I mean, it's unseemly. Ukraine, it's his responsibility. And what he, he actually got on radio and said, 
It's going to be a small incursion. And you, this is a small incursion. There were thousands of people he's killed over there, and the threat to use nuclear energy. If our president had any guts, he would have said, okay, we're going to get ready for natural energy, because they can't destroy the whole world. And that's what he, he's just bluffing, just like what's happening now over in China. They're trying to take that small island, and, they, and what's our U.N. doing? Nothing. We pay, we pay to have the U.N. in the United States, and they do nothing to stop the havoc that's going on. And you can't tell me that he's doing the best he can. No, he isn't. And his son should have been arrested even if that had come out. But they still might arrest Hunter Biden. What are you going to say when they arrest him? Are you going to call in then and, and take back all the mean things you said? It, the process, any investigation, takes time. Anybody in law enforcement says investigations can't happen according to a schedule. So they'll arrest Hunter Biden at the point if, if they actually get enough evidence that they think would support a, a successful criminal prosecution. That's probably what they're doing right now. They tried the Russian exposure, and they proved there was nothing right, and they went after him. They went after him to impeach him twice, and they failed. No, they impeached him twice, successfully. He, he's the only president of this country that I know who ever was impeached twice, I believe. Yes, he was. I'll admit that. But you can't tell me that buying son is getting away with everything. I didn't say he would. I said it's possible that the investigators are still assembling evidence before they move on him because you can't move prematurely because it would be a giant waste of time if they want to bring a criminal case and then, because they don't have sufficient evidence that could be introduced in, into the court, say at a, a potential trial, then what would you say? Then you'd be mad because, oh, they, they screwed up the investigation because they, they felt pressured by some Americans to, to uh, take action against Hunter Biden before they had actually enough evidence. You tell me that what Biden did was being a diplomat, somebody doing business overseas and not registering. We've got... I didn't say that he did the right thing. I'm talking I'm talking about Joe Biden. Every step of the way, Joe Biden has done the best he can. Joe Biden's not responsible for his adult son's actions. Yes, he is. No, he isn't. If Hunter Biden goes and drives through a red light here at Court and State Street, it's not Joe Biden's fault. To China. And that's wrong. And, and this is what's wrong with our society today. Those... 87,000, they're going to come after Republicans, not Democrats. They're going to find every Democrat, and they're going to go after them. And if you think that's what our country's going to be like, we're turning into a communist country. And this is from people that came from other countries. They see what's happening. Well, we'll see. I don't, I don't think this country ever, ever is going to be controlled by communists. That's just my opinion. Could be wrong. 607-772-129. It's a great country. The country does change over time. But do I see any likelihood of communist control of this great country? 
in the next five, six, seven centuries? I don't see it. I just don't see it. I don't think the American people will tolerate communist control. It's 1120. More calls coming up on your Tuesday program. We're live at 92.1 FM, 1290 AM, and streaming on WNBF.com. Hey, hey. WNBF 1122. It's Tuesday morning. Stop believing. Martin from Binghamton. Good morning. You're on the air. Yeah, good morning. Hey, at this bizarre um, CPAC convention, they had an exhibit there where they had a guy in a cell uh, in an orange jumpsuit who was kneeling and just was constantly weeping uh, that he was allegedly, he was convicted. And um, people were stopping by and uh, uh, praying and throwing money at him and everything. At one point, Marjorie Taylor Greene got in there and was kneeling down and praying with the guy. And um, but as it, the caveat as it came out is that you know he's not really a prisoner. He got out of jail card free for snitching on his uh, friends and accomplices. So. <laughs> You know, he's this guy. He's not a real prisoner, just like Trump is not the real president. So well, well he he was a real president, though. He was he was the most real president of my lifetime. He was. Let's but, put it this way: Donald Trump did more to this country than Jimmy Carter ever did in his four years in office. Well, we'll see what. Uh, what charges is going to be pending for him and stuff. But he also, um, look what he did. He pulled us out of uh, many organizations, uh, stopped climate change. Um, and uh, it's just an embarrassment. He had 33,000 texts and 33,000 lies. And he said, a previous gentleman was talking about a liar, being a liar. Are you kidding me? And also he was uh, this weekend <laughs> lamenting, talking about, gee, why, why couldn't his people, why couldn't his generals be more like those German generals? Oh, I saw that. I saw that, and I got to tell you, Martin, I was shocked. Yeah. I was shocked to read that. 
Yes. And General Kelly had to remind him, hey, sir, he was uh, 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 tried to be assassinated three different times. How would you have liked that? But, yeah, he, he was, you know, comparing himself that he would have liked to, you know, because he emulates these people, you know. But Well, somebody, I read well, something, I, I read something last night on the Internet, and somebody said, well, uh, the one thing that's constant about members of the Trump family, they really don't know that much about world history. Nor do they care to. Well, exactly. I mean, that was the point, that they're oblivious, and they're aware that they're oblivious, and they don't care at all. They just don't care about the history of this great world. Oh, well, they were in it for themselves. And, you know, and he's Do you think that's what it comes down to for the most part, that uh, the former guy's actions, along with the actions of many members of his inner, inner circle, I mean, including family members and hangers-on, do you believe that ultimately it comes down to simple selfishness? Well, yeah, what I'm going by is, and I just got a text came through the phone here, about, you know, you look at the guy that actually did prison time, and who was actually in the inside and who knew everything and set things up for them. And that guy's name was Michael Cohen. You have to believe that that guy, he knew the inner workings of this, of Trump himself and his family. And, you know, like, especially when he had to, uh, you know, write the check, you know, for the, the, the porn star for, um, you who know, was that, that the, uh, the, um, was she part of the weather the Weather Underground, the Stormy Daniel? Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think I, I remember she got paid off, they said, uh, because apparently he didn't want their previous interactions to become public. And But, you know, context and timing is everything. And through all the Christians out there that bought into this, this guy who couldn't even hold the Bible up, uh, upside, uh, up, upright oh by the way that that's not true that for that photo op that bible actually was held right side up that was that uh, was disproven so don't don't go saying he didn't know how to hold the the bible upright uh for his photo op after the the federal agents cleared the path you know cleared the demonstrators out of the way he i believe the uh reporters took a closer look and the bible was held properly even though, well, to, even though some people would argue it was inappropriate to use the good book as a prop for a photo op. Well, he had to do a double take. He looked, he looked, looked at the photo. He well, looked up and seen again that it was right. All right. But well, out, out, of all, out of all the things he's done, you know, aside from clearing out protesters so he could have a photo op taken, I, I mean, of, out of all the things he's done over the last seven decades or so, that, that seemed to be one of the least egregious. But he had unprotected sex with that porn star four days after Barron was born. However yeah, but, tell you. well, that's... Four days, she's home suckling his son, and he's out there running around with this tramp. So well, I don't know. I don't know if that's true. Well, I know. I know some people. Some it. people have written that. I don't believe that to be true. That doesn't sound like my Donald Trump. <laughs> oh God! 
Okay. All right. Well, I appreciate the call. I, I mean, I feel the need to defend the guy because he's not on the air here. You know, if somebody says something like that, I just don't think so soon after the birth of a child that a father would be out doing that sort of thing. It just doesn't, it just doesn't seem right. 11.30, this is Bob Joseph taking calls at 607-772-1290. Also, reading emails, bob at wnbf.com. As Preet Barrera once said, stay tuned. News Radio. WNBF, WNBF.com, call it Olivia Radio 1290 on this Tuesday. Joe from Greater Ithaca, good morning, you're on the air. Hey, coming to take me away, the IRS. Okay, well, a few comments on the IRS, a few talking points. Yes, the Internal Revenue Service. Yes, the... uh, they're going to go after the people of the low incomes. No, the low, yeah, low income. Now, see how much sense that makes. One guy owes me five dollars. The other guy owes me owes me five thousand. Now, who am I going to go after? Secondly, well, and that's the thing. That's not the way you get promoted at the IRS or anywhere. You go after the big fish. Yeah. Okay. So that in itself doesn't make sense. But beyond that, what happened to? Uh, uh, about uh, two years ago, something like that, that what they did was increase the standard, effectively increase the standard deduction is the way to, maybe one way to phrase it. And that meant the need to itemize, a lot fewer people needed to itemize. And if you don't itemize, as far as that end of it goes, there's nothing to audit. You know, if you take the standard deduction, the only thing that remains is your income. That And, and the uh, you know, the people on the very lowest end that like service workers and so on, they have it taken on a withholding taken right out of their check. There's no way they can they can cheat on it. It's the small business person or the guy that works on the side that, that can cheat on it with a, with a cash business. And everybody knows somebody has worked with somebody that that you have to pay them in cash, you know, like that. And you've got to know what's going on with that, though, with it. So. I don't know, all these criticisms of the IRS. Finally, 
uh, as far as as far as having too many people there, you used to be able to call up and get help and talk to someone. You cannot get through at all. No, no. They they used to have an office here in Binghamton where you could actually meet with the IRS. That ship has sailed. If you want to meet with the IRS, good luck with that. Good luck with that. They they don't have enough people now just to run no. the you know run run the basic enterprise. I mean, they're doing the best they can with the few people they have. Here's one for you. My 2019 return, okay, it was it was itemized and everything, and it was significant deductions because I had a lot of medical expenses that year, and and it was on paper, and I have not. I have not, and I have four thousand and something coming back on that, according to my calculation, and I have not heard anything from them. And what I did was, I did get through because you can get through if you want an appointment. And I called just to talk to somebody, and the fellow said, "Well, no, I don't know that." He says, "But still, hang in there." He says, "We're still telling people, you know, if you have your waiting, keep waiting with that. That uh, don't send another one in." And, and they, uh, when I look online, they show it as my return is missing, but no one's, no one's saying, "Hey, where's your return?" You know, kind of thing like that. Yeah, no, it's uh, last I knew, the IRS didn't have enough people, and they also had antiquated computer systems. That that many of their computer systems weren't even from the 21st century. That might have changed since, but I know for a while they were using hopelessly outdated computers. Yeah, I know they have been they've been working on that, putting, right. putting resources versus into that. But the criticism of the IRS, I think it's mostly just that people don't just understand or want to understand. Well, and let's know, face it, the, the IRS is a convenience target. I mean, the IRS is a lightning rod because just between you and me and the fence post, I don't like to pay taxes. I don't like having to do my income taxes, whether it's for the federal government or the state. I mean, sometimes I've had somebody do them for me, or sometimes I'll do it myself on one of those uh, computer, you know, the software things. But I just don't like it. And therefore, I just, I'm like most Americans. I'm not a big fan of anybody that is in any way identified with taxes because I don't like paying taxes. But you know what? As an American citizen, I feel entitled or obligated to pay the taxes that are due because you know even for some things that our state and federal governments actually engage in that i don't support i still believe that as americans we need to properly support our government if we want lower taxes then we should go about the appropriate process to elect the people that would lower our taxes but hey the tax the tax structure is what it is it might be un unfair for some of us but it is what it is you have to pay what is due well the income tax is the most progressive yeah. sales tax is the most regressive exactly appreciate your call thank you 1139 at wnbf james and binghamton good morning hey good morning bob how are you super no, oh, I lost my train of thought. There were so many things like in between calling in. And, I oh, know I that it's was. it's wild. You come isn't back it? with the bumper music. You come back with the bumper music all morning, and it's like, oh, I'm listening to the music that was like produced and mixed on AM radio for AM radio on AM radio. You know, it just sounds. It just. I don't was know. Back in the, John he, sounds like she sounds like AM radio to me. I guess. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, and and her hits were, you know, they fit. They fit in the 70s and 80s back when NBF. Amplitude modulation at 1290 mm -hmm. megahertz, yeah. 
or megahertz, kilohertz, or, or even better if I'm older, 1290 kilocycles. Um, hey, you know, that it sounded good because that's the way most of us got our music when am was still king there was middle of the road or top 40 radio and even if we had a, a relatively inexpensive 15 or 20 dollar radio it still sounded pretty good because the songs were produced for am and the transmitters were were uh, properly optimized for that kind of music heck i remember wnbf when we had the ever-present reverb ever I don't know if I remember. Well, I mean, when I started here, I remember, I remember walking down there and just getting you know shocked every time because of the that. You got to ground yourself. So you don't. Yeah, but but I'm saying going things. way, way, way back when way, this way station back. Oh, back. was way at back. at yeah. Center Plaza when I started here, and I had like a little Bob voice. Although some people said, "Gee, I can't." believe you have that kind of voice for someone your age but it sounded so much more impressive because part of the sound chain the audio chain included a lot of reverb which was mm. in vogue in the day uh, yeah. for our station that, and I believe they call that I believe they call that wet audio little 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 wetter audio yeah well they might have called it that and they didn't call it that then um, no. and then you know same because the place also where I had been spinning the hits for uh, a couple of years over in Endicott. They also had reverb, and it had this presence because, and that was that was uh, in vogue for so many AM music stations back in the day. It just gave a, a little additional presence and excitement to the announcers. I, 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 I'll have to look that up. I'm sure there's samples of it, and I'm sure when I hear it, I'll be like, "Oh yeah." You know, maybe you know, kind of like the the wall of sound or something, where you just you know you project it and then re, you know you try to get more, try to fabricate more room tone, more as you say presence. Anyway, now that you mention not- wall of sound, I'm automatically thinking of some homicidal music producer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but uh, you know, oh, oh, yeah, that's the other thing. And then and then and then guy brings up what uh, if it didn't have to do with you know uh, disenfranchising people like the Indian Removal Act, arguably one of the most debasing moments in the history of the presidency, uh, waving the Bible there after chasing away protesters who were welcomed there by the clergy, you know? I mean, like... <laughs> it was it was and, one of the oddest moments in American history, and yet oh, and, underreported. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, let me, let me, uh, oh wait, uh, the Specter or, or the... <laughs> or the president waving well, the Bible? Well, no, I'm talking now people about the president. The, well, you know that you know that, but I never. By the way, I would trust me on this. I know now we've created a, a real, a talk show morass. I would never ever equate Phil Spector with Donald Trump. No, no, I was. That's not where we were. We were just kind of. Oh no, yeah, it's just a strange phone no, call. I, I, both, I both of them, this. both of them have had their challenges with women. <laughs> okay. Uh, that's well, I don't, you know, I, I don't want to go yeah. into detail. I mean, people can look up. Point. I mean, last caller, a couple calls ago, called up, started with the store. Man, man, I'm like, this is turning to uh, Springer real quick. Uh, Jerry Springer with the with the Stormy Daniels talk. But uh, anywho, no, I was calling to, to follow because there was a, a, an article that seems to be getting circulated now in the New York Post about New York's bail reform. Uh, and, you know, and now, and I'm trying to be delicate at how I pull at these strings because, you know, bail reform is quickly turning into like this, the latest lob talking point, like whether it's communism or something where people have completely like forgotten any nuance behind whatever it is. And they're just using that as like, here is this 
thing we must attack and blame and pile on for everything. Um, and so my, my question is, uh, I don't know if you saw this article in the New York Post, uh, but they're citing certain crimes around the state, um, saying this is just not just a New York City thing. And and I, I hate to bring this up, but they put a photo in it. Uh, they had some interviews in it. They, they basically uh, hi- uh, highlighted uh, the Eliza Spencer shooting, um, which is awful, uh, and nearby in my neighborhood. And 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 they're basically saying they didn't – tie anything to it or not to it, but it's just kind of like thrown in carte blanche with this article saying, uh, you know, about, and it is the New York Post, so it's a Murdoch, you know, property, so clearly there's a spin on it. Um, you know, it basically saying, see, this is all part and parcel of the bail reform. And I say that because it reminded me a few days ago I wanted to call in. Uh, and again, I'm not trying to be too instigative here, but, uh, you know, they had the shooting and then the arrest of the suspect shortly after from the North Side Deli. And I heard a quote from uh, chief of police, right, Zakuski. Uh, 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 he's still the chief, right? Been that for a number of years. I believe yeah. he is. Yes. Um, and and he said something to the effect of blah, blah, blah. We have the person in custody. You know, great work by our professionals. But this is yet another example of of why the bad effects of our bail reform in this state and blah. And, okay, he said that. Uh, now, I know he's not an elected... By the way, he didn't actually say it. He put Somebody put that in a news release, and it was attributed to him. I mean, look, oh, Chief Zuckowski... Okay. Yeah, Chief Zuckowski, to the best of my knowledge, hasn't said that publicly. It was a news release okay. that was sent out by City Hall with a statement. The chief doesn't obviously speak to the media most of the time. Oh, okay. I might, well, you know, I mean, if you know the right. I one, mean, it would be interesting. Uh, you know, you know uh, you would, I don't know what it's going to take for him to come on the program. I, I my question, my only question is, has anybody uh, followed up and verified that this individual was on the street as a result of being like released under those auspices? Because uh, you see it happening all the time, and and the New York Post cherry picks this one story, which is tragic, and they haven't. We don't seem to have too many leads on it uh, that we know of anyway, and yet. There have been multiple incidences since then, and the BPD or the sheriffs have had the folks in custody, you know, within 24 hours. So I would say, to me, it seems like the summer our law enforcement has been doing quite a decent job following up on stuff. So They always um, do. They do great work yeah. around here. Most cases, most uh, high-profile cases get closed within a matter of hours. Yeah, I know. I, just want to, I guess what I'm saying is they're lobbying out bail reform the same way somebody ends their, like, you know, uh, calling the Howard Stern show with like Baba Booey or something like that. So I guess my question is, is anybody following up on the uh, uh, on those claims that this is a result of that directly? You know, because last I checked, uh, bail reform doesn't uh, include uh, violent crimes. I'm pretty sure those people are still held without bail because it's a violent crime. So, um, you know, I, I guess maybe people are Worried that past conduits to get people arrested on smaller charges. I'm not accusing anyone of that. I'm just saying, you know, suddenly if you're being a little bit more uh, judicious, if you will, about who's held before trial and for what reason and for what cost, especially when it disproportionately affects uh, poorer people. And by the way, these people complaining about more IRS agents. Why don't you look at uh, what 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 bail does to people and keeps them crippled and in a cycle of in and out of you know correctional institutions and things, um, you know, I, I just, uh, you know, you've got a whole budget built on things like bail and 
as we, I believe there was a story recently about ticket quotas, and I, I'm just saying how how much how much of this is administratively motivated and not really uh, you know being honest about the causes of crime and the effects on them overall that that bail reform bail reform has recently had. And I'm not saying we shouldn't look at it and refine it. Eric Adams has been saying, hey, we need to do a little bit better with ferreting out uh, people holding guns immediate, uh, illegally and such. Uh, and that's fine. But uh, this whole like blanket notion of just throwing it out there, like stupid bail reform, uh, I feel like we're losing the meaning. And it's a very important topic to talk about because you're talking about people's lives uh, in, in both transactions, you know. So uh, anyway, that's rambling a bit. But I just wondered if anybody had followed up to see if, in fact, uh, that perpetrator, uh, that suspect in custody was someone who was released under the new bail reform restrictions. Uh, or is he just throwing that in there as just a blanket thing to say? Well, I think if if the chief knew something specifically about that suspect, he would have had City Hall, the mayor's office, put it in his statement. But he opted not to. So, I mean, that's that's his choice, you know, put out a, a generalized statement. If he knew anything specific about the person who was charged with that shooting, on Shenango Street, just before National Night Out Against Crime, I think that the chief should have included it so we wouldn't have to go looking for specifics and file FOIL requests. It's 11.50. I'm Bob Joseph, live on WNBF and WNBF.com. It's... Bob Joseph, 1154 from News Radio, WNBF. I heard that you're on your own now, so am I. I'm living alone now. I was wrong, so were you. What will you do? Are you glad to be free? All right, let's go back to the phones. Matt in Binghamton, you're on the air. Yeah, hi. I've been listening to a lot of banter about Joe Biden. Um, once a long time ago, Harry Truman said the buck stops here. We were at war then. In a way, we're at war now because we've got a proxy war going on in Ukraine, and that's costing us billions of dollars, tens of billions of dollars, and the total disregard for human life by Vladimir Putin, who is a genocidal maniac. Well, come on. He's not here to defend yeah, well, himself. He may not be a good point. guy. I want to make a point. We'll no, make a quick point. Thing. We only have a few seconds. I'm make a real quick point. Trump called Putin a great man for some reason, and he also said that NATO was obsolete. And one of the reasons we're in Ukraine today is because of Donald Trump. There's another problem with Donald Trump. He thinks he's above the law. We've got FBI people investigating his conduct as regards what speech he made on January 6th. Right. Well, we're out of time. I mean, Donald Trump, you know, will probably wind up uh, putting out a statement to defend himself. I hope he does. I hope he does.
Fortunately, we're totally out of time on our Tuesday program. This is Bob Joseph on News Radio, WNBF and WNBF.com. I'll be back tomorrow morning. Don't miss the